never see it. And the problem is, looking back, you have to say, how do you say that? Now, what he's suggesting in these two verses is not hero worship, 
But he suggested that the church should, part of the air that we breathe, there should be an honor that is presented to those who have a job well done. So this is a couple of descriptions here that allow us to. First of all, he describes uh, uh, a good pastor. Because a good pastor is one who diligently labors among you. That is, someone who does the hard work of the, of the ministry, but he does it consistently and faithfully. Because this kind of pastor is one who leads you in the Lord, who has leadership over you in the Lord. That is one who stands before you. It's the idea of a caregiver who doesn't just uh, come alongside as a professional, but somebody who gives you their life and walks with you through, through the events of your day. Because you're honoring those who give you instruction. Some translations say those who admonish you. It implies a corrective influence. Someone not predisposed uh, to be bossy, but someone who is serious about helping you be who you were meant to be in Christ. You know, it's fair to living to the Jesus of the pastor in this generation. To talk to people about it. Or they might do it boldly but hope that they'll never do it once more. But there is an element of that kind of responsibility and importance to the world that the church has used in this section of the pastor for a number of reasons. The shepherd, the pastor, the Christopher, 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 the
and watch television coverage of the Iditarod dog play race. Those dog play. But I'll never forget because it's kind of boring to do that one. They interviewed a guy that was an expert. Thank you. 
married in a warm relationship. He said, comfort should be cherished. Help them along. Church should be characterized by hundreds of conversations of people telling each other, you can do this. Who is going to leave this morning? There's somebody who came today who's not sure they can even make it back next week because they don't know if they've got another week left in them. And they need somebody to come alongside and put their arm on the shoulder and say, Listen, I know you're going through some hard times. I don't know all the details, but I just want to assure you that I'm praying for you and you Christ, you can do this. Who is going to be better when they leave today because you were here doing your part in the body? Who have you encouraged? Who did you come alongside and say, Listen, I know, I know you've got some stuff going on, but I'm here for you. You can do this. Comfort the discouraged. You can help the weak. There are people in church who struggle with certain things, but who are inexperienced in their faith. And it's important that instead of holding our arms and looking at our noses, well, I don't need that much of Christian. It's important that we pull up alongside the I'm not going to call out names because you 
day, you can rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything you expect, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. These are, first of all, comprehensive commandments. That is, he says, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Think about that. He's not limiting our decision to, to bring joy, to declare joy. He's not limiting that to it by our circumstances or allowing it to be hindered by our difficulties. To rejoice is a deliberate choice and a response to everything that happens in our lives. Pray without ceasing. Pray constantly. Now, Paul does not mean that you find yourself on your knees 24 hours a day in your prayer closet. He means that as you go through your day, there is a non-stop awareness of being in God's presence. Years ago, when we moved to Tulsa, my my oldest daughter was second grade. She Gratitude to God. We're so glad to say, I'm not God's rule about this and that, and that, 
that we don't we don't pay attention to things that are Christian images and Christian. Let's zero in on Jesus who we know it was that. He wants us to give back to everything. Now, here's why that is such a remarkable spot. He's not telling us that everything that we go to is going to be good. But he's telling us that our response to this is this is what makes us fundamental different from the rest of the world. Because when you know, when the boss is telling you, you I don't know what you're going to do here. I don't know how this is going to unfold, but I'm going to give praise. I'm going to give gratitude right now. I'm going to make a decision to rejoice because I know that there's not anything in my life that is outside the boundaries of your sovereignty. And I'm going to trust that where you're taking me, where I'm walking now, where you're going on the other side of you, is to get to a place where you're making me something I couldn't be if I didn't go through this. It's a perspective. It's a mindset that says God is good all the time, no matter what. So I'm going to give thanks because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen, but the world is going to look at me and they're going to think that I am out of my ever loving mind because they're going to say, you just didn't get a diagnosis. You just lost your job. You just hit a crisis. And I'm going to be saying, thank you, Jesus, because what you're up to, I don't even know, but it's going to be good. It's who we are. It's the air that we breathe. What we tell the world when we buckle under and fall into a puddle of tears is that God is only good when we're going to it. Folks, if you can't learn patience, except when you're in a situation that demands patience, one good is gratitude. When we break in, we're all going to see this pastor. Here's what I'm going to say. And here's what I'm going to say. And here's what I'm going to say. What you can understand is, I'm leaning into Jesus at that moment.
see, I can either focus on the broccoli to translate or mindset that can focus on the person that wants to be I 
Scripture plainly tells us such a revolutionary act. Wisdom is followed by truth. Verse 23, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you and he also will do it. There is a hope and possibility offered to you that is important to this entire chapter, and that is, he's saying, we actually have the power available to us to to live out the reality of this extraordinary lifestyle. Your personal effort, your personal responsibilities to be holy are a part of this equation. They are required. But we are offered here the very hand of God who pulls us up into this way of living. He says, this, this air that we breathe, the way the church, the way the church lives, as the church is meant to be, is that we Jesus is not five harder. What we what we need is to get 
there should be an interest of part of the community to pure and godly affection to the You know, there are people in the church today who are And they find that Thank you. 